Hello, this is Privacy Tech Talk. Welcome. And my name is Carlos Chalico. And I'm Fahad Diwan. And we are very excited today because we have Jeremy Malin, CTO and co-founder of Dive Bell. So Jeremy, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Can you please just let us know a little bit about yourself, your background, who's Jeremy? Sure, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of Dive Bell. There's, there's three of us uh, on a personal level. I've been programming for a long time. I'm a developer at heart and I learned to program when I was seven by using Analog Magazine from the mail, typing in programs on an Atari 800 computer and kind of continued through that throughout my life, being very interested in software and building things. And, and I was also an artist. So my perspective on creating software is really, a, it's about cre being creative. You know, I like to make things that are exciting, that are beautiful uh, and get them out there into the world. Um, on a professional level, I, Vikram and I, two of us co-founders, we had our start at Vontu DLP, which is now a Symantec DLP product. So uh, our roots in the data space go back to the days of data loss prevention, one of the early solutions in the market there. Great. Very, uh, very interesting background. I didn't know you started programming when you were seven. I. I don't think I was doing anything nearly as uh, intelligent when I was seven. <laughs> so that's kudos <laughs> to you, Jeremy. So tell us about DiveBell. So I know that you and Vikram have a background in DLP, but DiveBell is, you know, if I understand it correctly, it's a data discovery tool. So please tell us more about what DiveBell does. Well, you know, we're helping do data discovery in the cloud, which is a big problem for companies now, or at least a big challenge there. Their data and services are moving into a variety of different environments. Most companies are doing hybrid cloud, multiple clouds. And, um, you know, so the DiveBell solution allows them to observe where the data is going across all those different environments, do accurate data discovery, uh, bring back profiles of data that they can see and make risk assessments, and also automate some of the um, the data protection use cases, data privacy use cases that are involved with that. So how does DiveBell do that exactly? Well, we have a, a scanning infrastructure. It's a SaaS product. You know, we run the difficult part in our cloud but the customer can host the scanning infrastructure and the way that it, it works is we connect to a wide variety of data repositories, structured data, unstructured data, SaaS applications. And we connect in more or less the same way that your other applications do. So we are not the kind of product that requires a proxy or um, to tap the wire to do anything disruptive. It's meant to be like a seamless sidecar that can sit next to the data infrastructure you already have and scan all of your databases and file stores and SaaS applications. And then those profiles, not the actual personal data that you hold on people, but just the metadata about it, go up to our SaaS platform. Because the challenge that companies have is they want a SaaS adoption because it's a much easier to operate solution, but they also have regulations that mean that they don't want their copies of their personal data, consumer data they've collected, going anywhere that's outside of their environment. So we, we built a solution that allows them to do the scanning and the analysis within their own secure environment. And then our SaaS platform only requires the metadata to do what it does. 
So can you please elaborate on how it does that? How does it go and pull the metadata? What's the technical functionality behind it? So our approach is to take samples when we connect to these data repositories and, and pull back samples to do classification on. We try to do it in an incremental approach and not redo work that's already been done. We try to cluster together files that we know are part of the same data set. Like for example, if you have a big um, S3 bucket full of Hadoop data and maybe it's in Parquet or it's in ORC format, we will cluster that together into things that, that your other downstream tools would see as a single data set. Like, you know, Hive could query it as a single record. And in, in taking those samples, we run classification that uses an ensemble of techniques. We have, you know, machine learning and context around the data, as well as the patterns we see within the data to kind of classify what, what elements that you have. So whether it's somebody's email address or their social security number, different, different values that are associated with the person. And then those profiles get mapped together and go back to the platform to kind of give you a view of people's data across the different data sources and how it relates to each other. When it comes to competition, who do you see as part of your competition and what's the strategy that Divel is using to compete against them? There are a lot of uh, solutions out there that are content aware and some are uh, use other techniques that are not content aware. For example, they might follow streams of data down from a website and try to uh, classify it based on its origin. But probably the, the closest competitors, you have a, a market of legacy data protection products uh, that have been out there, whether they're in the data loss prevention space or you know, things like Veronis that have been kind of in this space. And then you have a lot of newer solutions. Of course, there's Big ID, there's Security AI. Uh, you, you see uh, like Open Raven, Data Grail, all those kind of companies. Um, we feel like, you know, what's unique about DiveBell is we're bringing some of our experience before with data loss prevention, having worked at Bontu and Symantec. And also applying a lens to the problem that we hope is very DevOps friendly. We want these deployments across different clouds to operate pretty seamlessly, to be very uh, friendly to the, the data engineering side. And uh, thank you, Jeremy. When it comes to customers, can, can you please share with us who your customers are? Who within organizations is the one making the decision of taking the solution? Yeah, and this is an interesting challenge, I think, in the, the privacy market. A lot of organizations, they know that data privacy is very important and compliance around it. And they're still trying to figure out where that role fits within an organization. You have um, some cases, the legal side of the house is responsible for, for doing it. In some cases, the CISO or security side. In some places, they're trying to integrate this function more into the data engineering teams. And you know, typically you do see someone like a chief privacy officer being a champion. And oftentimes we see a pattern where the CISO and the information security people end up with a big role in the implementation of a solution because they have a lot of adjacent 
infrastructure and solutions that help secure the data. But I think it takes, um, you know, a good interchange of, of thinking between the people on the compliance side and the people on the security side to bring it all together. Because you have to have the knowledge of the regulations and the requirements, as well as the technical infrastructure to make it possible. We understand that you have a partnership with Xterra. So we would like to understand a little bit how that partnership is working and why you decided to, to work with Xterra in this partnership. Well, I think Xterra saw a big need out there in the market. You know, they, they've come from an e-discovery and GRC background, and then that's pretty adjacent to data privacy. So a lot of their customers are asking for uh, solutions around data retention, handling regulations like GDPR, CCPA, all these new things that are coming their way, cloud migrations, and having a solution that does data discovery in the cloud to go along with their other offerings is a big advantage. So we're, we're you know, partnered with them and, and helping, helping their customers do that. Can you please talk a little bit about uh, your strategy for competing? You know, we, we started this solution cloud native from the beginning with the perspective that the data could live anywhere and we would need to deploy in a very lightweight way across lots of different environments. And I think in the early days of data privacy, you know, 2017, there were a lot of services involved in getting solutions up and running and services are required and definitely necessary, but um, when it comes to the operations side of things, we wanted this product to be a little bit more like a, a data dog in terms of the aesthetics. So more comparable to modern infrastructure that's easy to deploy, fairly seamless, has that kind of telemetry coming in that you can constantly monitor is lightweight, doesn't cost as much money and also covers all the cloud sources that you need that you need to do. And of course, coming from a background in data loss prevention, we have a bit of a security mindset that you can't have data privacy without security. So making sure we understand the access control and protections around all the different locations where the data lives, making sure there's a clean policy language that can bot risks and help you remediate them quickly so that you don't have a situation where there might be a data breach or some issue with compliance or retention. So I think that's maybe what sets our product aside from some of the early offerings in data privacy is, you know, we're pushing much more into a DevOps friendly uh, cloud native area and then also applying a bit of a security lens to things. Jeremy, I know that you and Vikram have a, a DLP background and you have another co-founder, Ashish. What inspired you all to you know, create DiveBell's technology and get into the data discovery and classification space? Like, What problem did you see in the industry? It's actually very interesting because Vikram was out there originally on his own building another solution. He was, he was building and pitching a thing called Elton that helped different departments within the enterprise share data with each other. So it was this kind of cool solution where you would point and click on a data set and you would specify who you wanted to share it with and it would dynamically create 
uh, a way to share it with that person. And people you know, got a lot of positive feedback on it. But when he came to the screen where he would show an example of the data set and he would actually classify what each column was that they were sharing, and he had buttons in there where you could protect the data. You could say, well, mask this column, remove this column, and different things like that. And the people he was talking to kept coming back to that screen and asking him about it because they said, well, I would love to share data with different departments, different companies, but the biggest struggle we have is just knowing where all of our data is in the first place. Mm. So they're like, well, that's kind of a precursor for us to do a lot of data sharing and this capability you have to automatically classify what it is, because we don't always know in every case and to protect it, that seems really valuable. So pretty quickly, you know, GDPR was fresh off the presses and he very quickly found a big need out there in the market in enterprise to have a solution for this. And he'd been talking to me, you know, I'm a friend of his and also Ashish been in contact and we had a background in data security and, and enterprise data. Ashish comes from the enterprise side of the house. He's worked at a lot of big banks and regulated industries as well as startups. Um, so it made a lot of sense for us to go after the problem. It's a pretty exciting thing to go after. We had seen some of the opportunities back in the Vontu days, Symantec days around DLP discover products. You know, it was always an offering in the suite which completed the offering. You had to have something for data at rest to go with the data in motion. It was kind of an imperfect fit for DLP because DLP was always so incident-based. You wanted to uh, see an event in motion, be able to block it or do something about it. But data at rest was kind of this funny case where, well, it's there, it's probably okay for it to be there. How do I audit this fact? So companies would do like a yearly big scan with their Discover products, and it would take a very long time to complete. And out of that, they would get this result that was a huge number of incidents, and they had a hard time digesting that into a, like some kind of data inventory they could do something with. But just the, the nature, the DNA of those DLP products, those were kind of the concepts that they worked within. And it was hard to have a product that kind of did both of those things at the same time. Very fascinating origin story, Jeremy. Uh, in my opinion, you know, a data discovery or mapping out where all of your data is and, and the categories of data is you know, the, the first and arguably the most important step in building out an effective and robust privacy program. And to your point earlier about how you said that some companies would do this exercise, but on a yearly basis, uh, you know, what I've seen in the marketplace is that the companies that do this exercise on a yearly basis are still somewhat outliers. Many companies don't even do it. And many of the companies that do do it on a yearly basis are still doing it manually. They're conducting interviews and they'll go into their systems and they'll look at the data themselves instead of using a tool that automates uh, the, this process in its entirety. Uh, and so I think that you know, Union co-founders identified a real need, a real problem in the industry. And I think that as more and more companies develop their privacy programs and have a more mature privacy program, they're going to automatically see the need to use a data discovery tool like Divebell. On that note, what other big challenges do you see in, in the privacy compliance space or in the privacy tech space today, apart from you know, data discovery? 
a lot of the problems I see are human problems that are kind of related to the hype cycle that we're on, which is that we talked a little bit earlier about the roles within data privacy on the buying side. So the way companies are trying to figure out where within the organization privacy falls, which skill sets need to be connected to that and operationalizing that. So the buyer and the technology, I think are evolving side by side. And on the technology side, there's been a huge investment in privacy technology. There's so many different solutions and there are a lot of desirable features that people want to market. But when you dig underneath the marketing, these products are taking such a different approaches to the problem that it is confusing a little bit to the buyer. And when somebody says, well, we do data discovery or we do data mapping, what that actually means to them. Does it do content-based data discovery in the cloud? Is it something that's based on the flow of the data or tagging? And doing having that conversation and participating and educating people on what different solutions do is, is part of the challenge in the industry right now. What about the future, Jeremy? What do you see coming in the future as the main challenges for privacy and privacy tech? Well, that's a, it's a tough question. The future is always hard to predict. <laughs> I know. I the future. Um, but my hunch, and it's just my own hunch, I feel like it will probably follow a similar journey as data security did. So when you think about data security and well, security in general, 15, 20 years ago, there weren't a lot of built-in hardening. Everything was kind of out in the open. But over time, different technologies, like when I go and buy a, a Mac from the store, I don't worry about viruses nearly as much as I might worry with a Windows 95 desktop computer, because a lot of the, the platform itself has been made more secure, like the defaults are better. But that doesn't mean I'm just as much at risk for attack. In fact, more so because the, the attackers are more varied now. They just find different ways to attack you. So I think that privacy technology will have more built-in capabilities on all these data stores, things like tagging and encryption, but all of that will still need to be uh, orchestrated by layers of protection on top of that. I don't think we'll get to the point where, say you go buy Snowflake data warehouse and data privacy is just built into that because your company is going to be using a large number of cloud services that do different things with data. And each one will have some role in the story of how you protect your data, but you're gonna have products above that that still orchestrate your intent as a company. Like you say, well, I want this kind of data protected in this way. And that does need to make its way out to all those, those places where you use it. But I can imagine a world where, you know, today we have a security operations center where all the data about your security situation is brought into one place and people watch it. I wonder if in the future, it's a little bit science fiction, but will we have a privacy operations center where people are monitoring the number of DSARs you're getting, you know, the amount of personal data you're storing in all the different places where you're storing it? I think it would be kind of an exciting idea. And given the way regulations are going, it's not too far-fetched. I think that might be beneficial for the industry to have this third-party, uh, almost like auditing companies 
compliance with privacy regulations. I know we have regulators that will sometimes conduct investigations and issue sanctions, so on and so forth. But sometimes I wonder if, you know, what happened in the financial markets will happen to privacy where every year companies issue a privacy audit report to all of their stakeholders that's been audited by, you know, an accounting firm or a consulting firm. And it shows that, yes, this, this company is processing personal information according to consumer expectations or according to the law. And then us consumers could use that as a way to have more confidence in sharing our personal information with those companies. Oh, for sure. You're exactly right. Where I think the business norms will evolve to, to certification being a much more regular and and expected part of a company's business. The same way, you know, SOC 2, even that has a privacy profile now, and there'll be probably more security and privacy standards that people will adopt. And certifying them can only become more and more continuous because the changes to data are accelerating to the level where doing a yearly audit probably doesn't get it done anymore. You have to be able to produce that kind of a report on a continuous basis. Jeremy, thank you so much for being on Privacy Tech Talk today. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? Well, you know, you can send us an email at team at divebell.com, um, drop by our website. Um, we'll also be at the IAPP Summit here, as you mentioned, in a couple of weeks. So um, come by our booth and, and chat with us in person. I know that's a novelty in the days <laughs> of the late, late pandemic, but uh, we're looking forward to seeing some people in person. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so to our listeners who are going to be in Washington, D.C. for the IAPP Global Summit, please go out and check out DiveBell's booth. Give a warm hello to Jeremy and his co-founders. And uh, if any of you are going to be there, I'll be there too. Uh, so please come by, say hi. If you need to get in touch with myself, you can reach me at Fahad Diwan on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can find me as Carlos Chalico on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Thank you all.